Yeah, you're right. It's stuck in there really good. How did you manage to wedge the car in like this? Didn't you see all of those warning signs posted? Yes. What, did you just think they were suggestions? I guess. Hey, this is Michelle Spiber, your practical priestess of wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Stick with me as we get into some good old-fashioned mother wit and talk about own your obstacles, but obey your warnings. I'll see you on the flip. How to own your obstacles and obey your warnings. Okay, y'all, let's get into this one. This one today, this is kind of like just some good old-fashioned mother whip that I want to share with you. Um, because if I can help you with this, this is going to be some alchemical stuff. You're going to be able to shortcut so many things that waylay you and cause you to be on the sidelines uh, with stops and starts. To me, this is part of wisdom life training to help you Uh, better your flow of life. You know, that flow, that constant, uh, continuous movement of going in a a direction where you don't have a lot of starts and stops. Now, let me just quickly say, the A part was taken from a situation that I had when I was a teenager. Uh, I was using a family member's car and the instructions were to go straight there and come straight back. Did I obey that? Nope. And I ended up Putting the car in a ditch um, was bad weather outside, uh, sleet that would, um, when it hit the ground, would freeze and look invisible, what we would call black ice. And yeah, spun out the car, put it in the ditch, had to call. And uh, yeah, so that was one of the biggest, up to that point, one of the biggest warnings that I did not heed and that I assumed was simply an obstacle to be overcome and not, and that was not the first time. It was like, duh, I could not seem to get the lesson of how to identify warnings and uh, take the wisdom of the warning accordingly. And it would continue to go on and on from there to the point where now, oh my gosh, I am giving to you many years of having to go through how to truly own an obstacle. When I say that word, own that obstacle, meaning that I got the lesson from it and I want it and I move forward, but also to obey the warning. And the way we we do things around here, if you're new to listening, we love etymology. We love to look at the genesis of the birth of a word, and we love to be able to look at uh, information uh, and then knowledge and then help help us to turn that knowledge into wisdom. And wisdom is not only when you can take the information and knowledge and act on it, but also a little step beyond that, where you're able to take that information and knowledge and use it in various ways to help you across various uh, topics that you would understand. It's one thing to know how to use something. It's another to know how to um, manage it and wield it and control it. Okay, so here we go. So the first thing is uh, let's let's just get a baseline understanding of what obstacles and warnings are. So obstacle, the first time, uh, not first time, but it was recorded uh, showing up in some type of uh, written re- record or um, 
standard in the thir- in 13th BC, so in the 1200, uh, yeah, 1200s. And it has actually stayed true to its original uh, meaning. Um, it did come from the Latin, and that Latin word was obstaculum. And so uh, ob, and then we have obstare, uh, we also have um, stare. And so to break it down, you can see the construction of how the word came to be. Now, at that time, that word meant to stand before, to stand opposite to, to block, hinder, or thwart, um, to make uh, or be firm. So you can see where it pretty much means the same that it means now. Now, through the iterations, once it worked its way through Old French in the 1400s and on down to uh, Old English, and now what we have, it still has retained that where it means a hindrance, uh, obstruction, impediment, or barrier, that which opposes or stands in the way. So yeah, it kind of, it still means the same thing. Okay. And so with with that, we can see that that word has a lot of power. And one of the things I want you to make note of is when you're looking at the etymology of words, uh, discern and decipher how true to meaning that word is. The more it is true to meaning, the more power it has in it. Um, because words are spells. Uh, that's in, especially in, in the English, that is where we get grammar, grimoire from the spell casting of a word. And so you can see that obstacle is a very strong word because it has retained its original form for um, uh, what is it? Oh, eight, eight hundred years. So that's a very powerful word and it needs to be respected. So let's look at warn, uh, taken from the verb form of it. Warning would be the noun verb of it. It's an old English word. They don't give an actual date that I could find, but if we're talking old English, we're talking 13th or 14th century. So we're talking about 1200s, 1300s or so. And so from that old English word, it, it was warning. Warning, and that meant to give notice of impeding danger, uh, to take heed, and it also had uh, some old Germanic, high Germanic um, influences in it to take cover. We also get the word garnish out of this. Now, if you go and check out garnish, you can see garnish is truly a derivative. It has various different meanings that mean a lot of things, but as you can see here. Uh, with worn, worn is really staying kind of true to its original. So it's got another power pack of power behind it. And when I talk about this power of words, when people use words, they cast their spells of meaning. And the words continue to have a life of their own. That's why when a word is no longer in use, scholars and those around say the word is dead. And so words have life and power just like we do. And when you are talking about or uh, are dealing with obstacles and warnings, know that you're dealing with very powerful words. Okay. So now that I've I've said that, let me talk about something, um, a treatise that I use now with regards to uh, obstacles and warnings. And the reason why I use this is because you need to start to understand the difference between a warning and an obstacle. And I'm going to say this, it's not as easy as just saying one is not the other or giving examples. And the reason why is because I have found, after all these years of bumping my head, 
that an obstacle and a warning, are, they're, they're kind of like twins. And they're not even twins. They're probably the, on the same coin, different sides. And it's really hard to differentiate from them or even separate them. And so even though I was really good at overcoming a lot of obstacles, it would take me too long, I believe, to understand that with every obstacle, there was always a warning and not just a warning. There could be many warnings and uh, getting to the point where I wasn't just a fool rushing in head first, thinking that uh, my tenacity, my faith, my power, my belief in myself was going to overcome these obstacles. I had to get schooled and learn. And I'm sharing those wisdoms with you today. I hope that's okay with you. Okay. Cause I'm telling you, if you can just grab any little tidbit of what I'm saying, it's going to help you learn from my mistakes, people. Learn from my mistakes, all right? All right, so as you probably have already picked up as well, um, obstacles are also uh, many times opportunities. And that's what attracts me, I know, to obstacles. I love new opportunities. I get bored with the same old, same old. I am always uh, forward moving, forward thinking, always wanting the new, the now, the next. And so obstacles a lot of times are opportunities. Some people naturally gravitate to them. Some people naturally gravitate away from them. It is just basically... Your constitution, your locus of uh, focus, locus of control, and all of that. And it's it's neither here nor there. But eventually, everyone is going to come up against an opportunity. And you see, I said opportunity instead of obstacle because they're one and the same a lot of times. All right. So I came up with this, this, um, this way of discerning what is the opportunity or the warning or a mixture of both. So are you ready? All right. So I call it the sword and shield approach. Now, sword and shield, if you are thinking about it in a tangible way, I am. You can think of it as a real sword and shield. But I'm also going to tell you that those words can be symbols as well. For me, I've never picked up a sword in my life. I've seen one, but I've never touched one. And so I am not going to make paint the picture that I am a great swords person because I'm not. But what I am is I'm a great swords swords person when it comes to the symbol of it. And a sword is uh, also indicative of thought, ideas, creativity, and communication. Yes. So much so that if you want to see uh, the imagery of swords um, throughout our um, contemporary history, when uh, sometimes when you see someone lifting a sword up, depending on its position, depending on if it's pointing to someone, if it's over someone's head, if it has to cross over someone's head, think of knighting someone with a sword, uh, moving them from one state of being to another, meaning that you are imparting wisdom and knowledge into them. You can start to see how a sword can be a symbol for knowledge, understanding. And so that's what I have now started to do. When I come up to an opportunity or an obstacle that's a hindrance, an impediment to getting me to where I want to be, I employ the sword and shield approach. Now, when I was 
dealing with this. I didn't know exactly what I was doing. But when I started trying to get better at not rushing in and doing stupid stuff because I was so excited uh, to conquer something, I, I started just going with the sword. Oh, I'm going to outthink this, <laughs> you know, or I'm going to come up with some clever, shrewd way to do this. And it took me a lot of uh, getting thrown on my butt and not recognizing the power and seeing the warnings that I had to understand that, duh, look at how they depict knights and, and people who fight. Rarely do you see someone going into battle with just a sword. Heck, you can use a shield to be a sword and a shield before it's easy for you to just use a sword. Now, don't come at me with um, uh, the French way of, of uh, sword play. I know they don't use shields, but I'm talking about for the rest of us, okay? So <laughs> I had to understand that they come together. And understanding this, this duality, just like obstacles and warnings, started to help me to grow and learn and to teach myself. So let's get into how to use this sword and shield based on the way I use it. Now, you can use it any other way you want to, but this is what I started doing. So with my shield, I mean, with my sword per se, I started learning that instead of just going with a forward thrust to, to, uh, to sever and push through the obstacle, I first needed to, to test it by doing a little poking, a little peering, a little testing to uh, see if it was truly an obstacle or a warning. If it was an obstacle, did it have any types of vulnerabilities that I could expose or um, take advantage of? And just by changing my approach to that and, and um, being circumspect of the situation, it helped me tremendously. I started to realize that when we have um, things that we want to achieve and they look like they're right there, sometimes we need to get a little more prepared. And for me, sword play uh, became learning how to do due diligence, learning how to vet people, uh, learning how to learn more about the industry. I remember the first time I read um, The Richest Man in Babylon, and when it talked about the five laws of gold, and a few of them, most of them actually, were dealing with how foolish people are with gold, how they rush forward. They don't do their due diligence. They don't go and talk with people who have proven their expertise and authority. We talked about that yesterday in a, in a, in a situation. How are you going to uh, do something with someone who is just as clueless as you are and think that you all know something more than the people who have dedicated time, uh, talent, and um, blood, sweat, and tears to something, and you never consult. And so when I started realizing the way to apply the sword and the shield to obstacles and warnings, I really became aware of how much I did not know. And that was very humbling. Now let's talk about the, um, the fact that a sword can be uh, an offense to attacking an obstacle, but it can also be part of the um, the preparation to know when to enact your shield. So say, for instance, you're using your sword the, the way I'm using it now. You're vetting, doing your due diligence, going back, investigating, and making sure that what you see is really what you see, and you qualify it as 
a possible obstacle to be overcome to the opportunity that you want, right? Well, by doing this, instead of just running head first, when the warnings come up, uh, meaning the warnings could be something like, you're not ready because you don't have enough resources. You're not ready because you don't know the right power players, or you're not ready because you haven't developed the dexterity to wield the skills and the tools needed to do this. Those are indicators that you now need to bring up the shield because a lot of times when you poke an obstacle, it punches back. And that's when you need to have the shield. Um, I try to explain this to my writing students and I've used it in, in other terms, but I think now I'm going to start talking to them this way. I try to explain that when you engage in a creative act, uh, creativity is a living entity. It's very powerful and concentrated and it is going to take you on a journey. The very fact I, I have a process called create uh, create anxiety, create yeah create anxiety. Where once you start a creative uh, endeavor, it automatically triggers anxiety and other um, issues of an emotional bent because you are dipping into the well of the creative, most pure, powerful, uh, raw force of energy known. And unknown. And people take that for granted. And it's kind of like going boldly where angels dare to tread. And thus, when you get the resistance, the the pushback from, from going into the creative um, domain, people are not ready for it. And so I think now, yes, if you are one of my writing students, you need to realize that when you endeavor to start creating, writing a book, creating a world, uh, working on a script, a painting or whatever, that you probably need to use this sword and shield stuff because, you know, it's better to poke instead of to thrust so that you get time to put the shield up when the obstacle bounces back. All right. So now that I've, I've talked about, you know, some of the things and and again, the sword does not necessarily have to just be a physical thing. It can be uh, wanting to uh, advance into an area that was previously unknown to you. Um, The source of ideas, of truths, of communication and creativity are made to be on the offensive. But you always need to know that you have to have your shield as well, because warnings abound that there is danger ahead if you proceed. All right, so let me talk a little bit about these obstacles and uh, warnings, okay? So an obstacle exists to impede or stop your progress. We've already established that, but it also is there to teach you or make you stronger. It's there to qualify you so that you can handle and keep what you get on the next level. An obstacle can use distractions, confusion, deficiencies, and fear to hinder your progress. But understand that when you come up against a true obstacle, it's a challenger to make you different, to change you, and to grow you. And let's give respect to the warning. You see, warnings use previous experience from you and from others to help build your discernment. They pull from a vast knowledge of surroundings, past experiences, and um, the failures of others to help you if you will pay attention and obey them. You see, I mean, warnings exist to give you more information about an upcoming situation. They prevent your demise and they keep you on the right or best track, track to strengthen 
you and to help you prepare to defend, to reinforce, and even to guard against what's coming up. You see, a, a warning is not necessarily a, a, a cease and desist. A warning is a soothsayer, a prophesier that tells you of evil forebodings or uh, things to be aware of that are coming up in the future. Now, why is it even important to know about obstacles, warnings, op- opportunities, however you want to couch that? Uh, and it, I think it's important to know how to decipher them, how to deal with them, because they come with very, they come with excellent benefits. And one of the biggest ones is that they give you longevity. You see, when you start to understand the power of obstacles and warnings and learn how to work with them, obeying them and owning those obstacles, not giving up in the middle of the fight, they challenge you to grow and they strengthen you so that you can have staying power. You gain longevity when you go through obstacles and obey the warnings along the way. And one of the things that I had to start realizing um, was that I could not always uh, just revel in my victories of remember that time when I slew through this obstacle? Yeah, that's fine because victories do help you to go forward. But I also had to respect my defeats and learn from them to build a wisdom bank of uh, actions, of uh, warnings to prevent future defeats. And so now that I respect my defeats and go back and and do the postmortems and do the learnings, uh, my warning bells go off way faster and they're highly sensitized now to see warnings that I would have missed even just a few years ago that helped me to take that information and to help strengthen the odds of me overcoming the obstacles that I come up against. Um, now, I'm going off of, off of my notes a little bit here, but I just want to kind of say this, that in practical terms, understanding how to work with and own your obstacles, and when I talk about that owning again, overcoming them, not getting beat down by them, not giving up in the midst of them, running the course to the end, finishing, no matter how many times you fall, while obeying and respecting the warnings that help you get through the obstacles, it's going to be paramount to helping you have this longevity, this sustainability uh, that you you will get. Another thing that I have found that uh, obstacles and warnings help with is that they help us with self-reliance. And when I talk about that self-reliance, we have as humans, we are naturally gifted with a quick adaptability for the circumstance that we're in. It might feel, uh, we might feel discomfort at first, but we can endure a lot. And I got that from David Goggins, um, the ultra, um, marathoner, uh, previous, uh, Marine, uh, uh, Green Beret Ranger and Navy SEAL. And he talked about the callousing of the mind and going through the obstacles. And like me, uh, especially when I was reading his book, um, Can't Hurt Me, he talked about how many times he ignored warnings to just go forward. And now he's mellowed out a little bit where he can see them better and obey their wisdom that they impart to him to help him with his obstacles. And I really connected with that. And I was like, yes, it was kind of like an affirmation that I'm not as stupid (laughs) as I would lead myself to think, um, you know, of just continuing to batter through. But yes, 
there is a wisdom in the warning. There is a wisdom in recognizing it. And that was one of the things that was hard for me. The warning signals used to be invisible. But when I started employing that sword and shield tactic to poke a little bit, to parry a little bit, look for the uh, the vulnerabilities, look for the holes, look for what is not perfect and start to do due diligence, vetting, uh, t- uh, stepping back a minute to reassess the warning started to come closer and started to say, hey, you need to consider this or you need to check with that person or you need to check this against that to see if they match up. And I started getting an insight and a wisdom to the knowledge and the information. And that moved me past the excitement of the obstacle, a.k.a. the new opportunity and has now saved me a lot of times that I, it would have not have gone as well. Because like I said, benefits are you get some longevity and you get some um, re- um, some reliance because nobody else can really take your lumps for you when you're in your own life path. And too many times now, I know I am a forward person, but there are a lot of times that there are people like, I don't want to. I don't want to take the obstacles. I don't want to do any of it. But we all have to go through it. That's part of our life path. So as I'm closing down, I want to give you some additional benefits to this this practice of working with your obstacles and uh, obeying your warnings. And um, first first of all, I want to say that This is one of the strongest and straightest paths to gaining personal wisdom that I know of. This is a path that will help you to truly start to know thyself. All right. So in addition to longevity and self-reliance, going through the obstacles and warnings, learning how to tell which is which and learning how to pace yourself to have the longevity to, to make it through them and gain the wisdoms that they give. You're going to learn self-sufficiency as well. And I like what Epicurus says about this. He says, self-sufficiency is the greatest of all wealth. So not only do you have reliance, meaning that when it comes down to it, you can depend on yourself to get something done. With your self-sufficiency, that also means that You are always building on your skills, building on your tools, building on your education, your knowledge, and uh, being able to do what it takes to meet the task, whatever the task is. The next thing is, is self-awareness. Jose Ortega Igasset says, tell me to what you pay attention and I will tell you who you are. You see, when we are going through our obstacle courses, when we are paying attention to the warnings, we are learning, we are um, taking on the ability to look out for danger and um, to pay attention to that which would hinder us. And thus, our self-awareness is strengthened because we know where to put our attention. You can always tell the difference between someone who has a lack of awareness and someone who is locked in on their awareness. And that is because when the crowd is looking at what someone directs their attention to, the person who has a sense of self-centered awareness pays attention to first the danger and then the opportunity. 
because whether they know or not, they have been in the school of learning how to own their obstacles and obey their warnings. The next one is you get a self-education. Now, this is something that a lot of people don't realize that they are they are in whether they want to be or not. Once you get out of formalized school, whether it be high school, college, or grad school, your learning does not stop. No, you are now thrust into a ever going, as long as you are alive on this plane, you are now thrust into the school of self-education. And too many times people abandon the job and it, it doesn't go away. It's just that they stop thinking that they have to continue to train, to learn, uh, to educate, to grow past whatever formalized training. And you can tell uh, when a person understands their need and their job for continued self-education. And that is because those people tend to go boldly. They tend to uh, not be hindered by the unknown because they have more tools in their tool belt of dealing with obstacles, of understanding and heeding warnings, but still progressing. Whereas someone else will stay confined and their um, circle of confinement gets shorter and shorter and shorter to where they are stuck, they are stagnant, and they are imprisoned in a small scope of what life means for them. They're scared to do anything. So um, with regards to um, self-education, Marcus Aurelius uh, says it so well. He says, be tolerant with others and strict with yourself. And when he's talking about the strictness, he's talking about putting yourself on a regimen to always understand that you are here to teach yourself daily, die to self daily, learn, observe, and grow daily. And then self-restraint. Yes. And Include, yeah, no, get it confused. We've got longevity, resilience, or I mean, not resilience, uh, long, longevity, excuse me, reliability, sufficiency, awareness, education, restraint. Uh, Benjamin Franklin says a little bit kind of like Marcus Aurelius, but he was talking about with regards to restraint. And he says, search others for their virtues and thyself for thy vices. And he talked about it uh, as he was uh, teaching about how he dealt with someone who didn't like him. And by instead of getting upset with this guy, he looked for what the guy loved, his virtue, and he loved books. And uh, Benjamin Franklin asked him a favor to loan one of his precious books. And the guy did. And what Richard, what Benjamin Franklin did, he never even opened the book, I don't think. But he was careful to take good care of the book and he returned it in the time that he said he would. And by doing that, he and that uh, gentleman became fast friends uh, for the rest of their time. And that self-restraint of not going after that person because they didn't like him, but instead looking for something that was virtuous, true, of purity within that other person, really demonstrated Benjamin Franklin's sense of self-awareness and his self-restraint. It's not so much that we have power to do harm to others. It's can that power be used on ourselves so that we can instead do good by looking at the good in others and restraining ourselves. 
I love that about him. And it's something that has stuck with me over the years. I Many times I failed, but I tend to endeavor to be more like that. Paying attention to my own vices to keep those in control, you know, having restraint against those and always just kind of looking for the good in someone else to highlight that. That is why I love being a magnificence hunter in other people. When I occupy myself with that kind of, with that kind of, um, uh, endeavor with other people. I'm not blind to their shortcomings, but I can better put them in context because I am that much more aware of the stuff that does make them really special and really great. All right. So, and then another one is uh, with regards to these the benefits, uh, self discipline. This is one that I lose a lot of people can come and go in our lives. And it is one that we will spend a lifetime uh, trying to uh, grasp, trying to uh, activate in our lives. And with the self-discipline, I like how Warren Buffett has this saying. And Warren Buffett uh, has been touted as the Oracle of Omaha. He has done great things with the way he invests and he's humbled uh, that we can see in uh, his lifestyle and, and the like. And, and so this is what he says. He says, you never know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. And when I first heard it, I thought, oh, it's cute. But when I meditated on it, I was like, Warren is talking about self-discipline. He is talking about the proverbial that many mothers have told their children. Always have unclean underwear. You never know when you're going to get in an accident. You don't want anybody seeing your your dirty underwear, (laughs) you know? So that was the same thing. So with this self-discipline, self-discipline occurs when nobody is looking, when no one is uh, uh, trying to uh, applaud you or to take you down. Self-discipline happens because it is something that has to be done within you. And when we look at uh, this whole idea of in this life, you you will have troubles. In this life, you will have temptations. In this life, you will uh, come up to various tests that include struggle. You have to make sure that you are not caught out there lacking or swimming naked. And that was so powerful to me. And I mean, there are many other insights um, surrounding that term from Warren. But for today's Wisdom Smack, I just kind of want to put that one here in light of self-discipline. And going back to the, the sword and the shield, there have been many times that I have found that I tended to use too much force in my sword attacks my sword advancement, meaning my mind was running a race too fast for me and others to keep up with. I started having to learn self-discipline of calming down all of those innovative thoughts and creative tendencies and urges that I had to pace myself. And I did not know, I would not have been able to articulate that that is what I would need uh, when I started employing a a more tepid um, engagement of of how to go about engaging an obstacle and looking for the warnings 
But it came because of going through those practices. And you guys, I'm going to just tell you, like I said before, one of my promises was is that I was going to hopefully help you to learn from some of the things that I've learned, some of the things that I've, I've gleaned from observations, research, and working with other people. And as we're coming to a close, I'm going to break, um, not break them down, I'm going to recap them so that hopefully you'll be able to have a, a quick little checklist and it'll help you to uh, shortcut what it has taken me a long time to get. So when we're talking about owning your obstacles and obeying your warnings, first and foremost, I want you to realize that they are not exclusive. Uh, I mean, excuse me, they are they are not separate. They are inclusive. You a lot of times won't get one without the other. Also understanding that, yes, obstacles can be presented as opportunities or vice versa. Opportunities can be presented as obstacles. The next thing is everyone's obstacle is not the same. Uh, One person's obstacle could be another person's warning and vice versa. And then you have to discern what you're dealing with. A lot of times people look at a new opportunity, aka an obstacle, with ignoring all of the warnings that come with it. Remember, a warning is to give advice or notice of impending danger. A warning is a soothsayer, a prophesier uh, of a futuristic uh, harm that you need to be aware of. And we ignore these warnings at our peril. The next thing is, is to practically deal with obstacles and warnings. Don't shy away from them and don't rush into them too fast like me being a nut. Is to use what I have dubbed as a sword and shield approach. And with that sword, instead of thrusting forward and slashing and cutting as I go, instead, use a a rule of engagement to test the environment by doing a few pokes here, a few parries there of understanding how to look for opportunities of openings, looking for vulnerabilities and giving yourself enough time for the warnings to emerge. And this looks like, in my world, doing your due diligence, vetting people. Uh, doing research, understanding the industry that you're going into or the subject matter of what you're going into. Learn the movers and the shakers, the secret power brokers before you rush in. And that gives you time for for the wisdom of the warnings to come so that you can get your shield in place before the bad stuff comes to try you and to take you down because obstacles are made to hinder you. And if you don't obey the warnings, the obstacles will take you out. If you're tired of constantly trying and getting knocked down, I would encourage you to understand that you might need to to listen to the warnings. And if you've never heard them, stop and wait and hone into what are the wisdoms of what uh, I could come up against. Everything, uh, some people uh, like me tend to be overly optimistic about life and they don't realize that for every good, there is a shadow or, or a bad and that we do ourselves an injustice when we don't realize that there is a full picture of depth and complexity presented. The next thing is, is to uh, be happy in going through it. Don't avoid obstacles. 
Don't cringe before them because obstacles and warnings come with benefits. They build longevity. We we start to have staying power when we go through obstacles. We become self-reliant where we are able to pull from different um, wisdoms. Remember, they help us build a wisdom bank where depending on the, um, the situation at hand, we become more adept at being able to handle them because of all the experience we gain by going through obstacles and heeding and obeying warnings. The other thing is, is that you gain these selves, you gain self-sufficiency, self-awareness, You gain a huge amount of self-education, self-restraint, and self-discipline. And don't forget about self-education. Whether you realize it or not, you if you are an adult, you are fully engaged in self-education. If you are ignoring the task, or if this is your first time hearing about it, you are behind the eight ball. You are behind the crowd. Uh, Because those that are aware understand that we never stop learning. But not only that. We should never stop seeking to educate ourselves to be prepared for what's coming ahead. And so with that, yes, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, with another uh, podcast of Wisdom Smack. So don't forget to check the show notes. And please consider using our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ when you do any and all of your Amazon shopping. And we may receive a small commission that will go to help continue to do our daily, yes, I said daily podcast. And so until next time, thank you so much. I appreciate you listening and supporting. Don't forget to like, share, comment. Uh, check the show notes for ways to um, send comments or If you have a question, send a question that I can address. And I appreciate you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.